on That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language. Welcome back to another episode of That Dead Body Show. I'm Douglas. I'm Brandy. And I know nobody's name today. <laughs> at least she remembers mine. That's that's good, right? So it's been a busy week for us. It's about to get a lot busier for Brandy, at least. She's a postal carrier and tis the season for giving and sending and returning and sending a bunch of shit in boxes to people that I have to deliver. Okay, guys, for real though, um, it's, it's been a really crazy week, so we've tried to record several times this week and I've just been like brain dead, which is like most days, but way more. Since we put out the last episode, I did uh, get the tiers up on Patreon. If you guys want to become a patron, you can you can help with as little as a dollar a month. <laughs> Price of a cup of coffee. No. <laughs> For as little as... We do have tiers starting at a dollar. You can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thatdadbodyshow. That's Patreon with an E. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash thatdadbodyshow. No spaces. I know that Ashley has already seen the um, tears and was excited because she wanted to be a prep. A perp, yeah. <laughs> I think I was working when she posted that and I was like, you right. want to be a prep? Right. What the fuck? Because she likes stickers and that's yes. the sticker tier. Yes, but it was just, you know, when you're working. There's also a t-shirt tier and you've got a, a lot of a lot of cute designs, a lot of really yes. nice shirt designs over at uh, our T Public page. Uh, Ashley got one one, and she's not sent us a picture yet, so Ashley. If you'll uh, send us in a picture, we will post it on our social media with your t-shirt, sticker, what I have you. I think she got a That Dead Body show because we had not put Gothy P up yet. Right. Um, we will post links to our, our Tee Public page on, on our social media. This week we're going to cover Jerry, Jerome, sorry, Jerome. Jerry Brudos. That I mean, name just does not... Jerry fits him. Jerome does not fit him. The, okay. okay. Known as the shoe fetish slayer and the lust killer. Which actually, technically, he is a lust killer. He is, but... I mean, when you look at the, the you know, yes. categorizations of different types of killers, uh, he's a lust killer, but he's also called the lust killer because he did some crazy, crazy things. He um, murdered several women in the uh, late 60s in the Salem, Oregon area. Yeah. I I think, it was like a suburb of Salem, but... Yeah. I think I know a couple he kind of drove away from, you know, to get, but, but yeah, mostly Salem. So we're going to uh, cue those creepy kids, and we'll be right back. Be Jerome Henry Brutus was a serial killer and necrophile who murdered several women in the late 60s in Salem, Oregon. He was also an ephebophile? What's that? Somebody who likes dead feet? No. Well, he was that too, but he had someone who likes uh, 
children in the post-puberty age. 15, 16 years old, I believe. Yeah. He was also a retifist. It's someone who likes feet. It's named after a dead French guy. Would you care to say his name? Because I'm not going to butcher it. <laughs> it's Nicolas Edomer Retif. Yes. He was also known as Retif de la Breton. He was a novelist in the late 17, early... I think he died in the early 1800s. I mean, so this shit was named after him. I think he liked feet. Of course, I mean, you know, it was France in the late 1700s, so there were a lot of crazy things going on there. Well, so we know he was a serial murderer who liked feet and, well, dead feet, but how did we get there? I guess it's time for a Crime Rewind. Okay, so, as we previously stated, uh, Jerome Brudos, who went by Jerry, was a was a serial killer. Um, he was born in South Dakota around 1939, and... Hold on. 1939. Yeah, I don't know why I said around <laughs> He was born uh, last day of January, 1939. He seems... Maybe that's why he... Started in January, anyway. Maybe his mother. He was he was the second born. He had an older brother. Uh, his mother wanted a girl, and she hated him for not being a girl. So, because so you're you're a guy, obviously. I say that a lot, but you're a guy. Yes. So yes, I, am I a know guy. that's a big thing, especially back then, for a, a dad to have a son first. So I'm assuming. Because everything that we read and watched said that she she would love the first son. What was it, Larry? Yeah. Like, she just loved him, and he was fucking perfect. But she disliked Jerry and wanted a girl. So, was she okay with Larry because that gave the dad the first son? Or the male child? I, I mean, I know to you it didn't matter, but, like... Right. I know that that's a thing for some guys. They want the son first. Right. So they, they moved around a lot. Uh, I believe the dad may have been an alcoholic, but he was a, a, a tradesman of some sort and moved around for work throughout the, the West Coast area, actually, I guess, Oregon, California. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say from the description of the wife and Jerry's mother, I probably would have been an alcoholic, too. Uh, well, I mean, it was also pre-World War Two. I think we were still feeling the recession or the, what was it, the the depression. That was what, in what, 28, 20, the great 29, depression. yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was still really real to them. I mean. So one day when Jerry's five years old, he is in a, at a landfill. Not real sure. It's 1944. Nazis are everywhere. It's the, the middle just, of World War II. Everybody, there's the Nazi scare. Why would you let your kid play in a landfill? A, much, a five-year-old kid. I mean, my guess is, I mean, because obviously it never tells where in relation to the house this was. How, you know. Yeah, I guess it could be they live next to a junkyard, whatever. I mean, Jer maybe he's with Larry and they took a wall. I mean, I don't know. Jerry finds a pair of, I believe they were described as patent leather high heels. Um, these high heel shoes he wore home, which his mother freaked out about. 
which if she wanted a girl, I'm not real sure. I guess it was a whole gender role thing, but she took the shoes from him, told him that was not appropriate or whatever. I think she felt like maybe he was mocking her. You know, you wanted a girl. Well, now I'm a girl. I mean, he may have said that. I was going to say, he might have said that. We don't know, obviously. Right. We have no way of knowing. So There's a very good chance he did. He told her he would throw the shoes away, and he didn't. He kept the shoes hidden, as young boys are apt to keep things hidden from their parents. I'm looking at you, son. Yeah, you. They keep things hidden from their parents. He hides the shoes, but... She finds them. I guess she catches him with them again or what? whatever. Yeah, she sees him with him and she flips out and burns them right, right in front of him. So she burns them and I, this is probably the start of his actual problems. Had it been maybe handled was, in a different way, he might right. not have come out the way he did. I mean, you know, you've got somebody who's yelling at you that it's wrong and that's kind of like, you know... I've said to you multiple times, you know, in the 8,000 years we've been together, it's like when you put a snicker bar on a table and tell a kid they can't have it. So now she's told him, mm. you can't have these shoes. These shoes are bad. So Like if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Right, and he wanted the fucking shoes. I mean, so because she made such a big deal about it, I mean, I fully suspect if she had just let him play with the shoes, he would have right. gotten over it. I think it sparked in his head. But, but that didn't happen, and here we are. Here we are. He, um, a few years later, they moved to California, and he actually gets caught trying to swipe teacher's shoes, mm-hmm. a pair of his teacher's shoes. I mean, that's like, okay. <laughs> so he gets caught, and the teacher gets angry, and of course he gets embarrassed because... You know, you just caught, got caught trying to steal your teacher's shoes. What kind of freak are you, kid? And, I mean, it's not even like now where people have started a whole discussion about things like this. This is in, like, the 40s, the middle of the 40s. Right. Right. Where I'm sure back then they probably still, like, big you senseless. It was a mental disorder. I mean. Right. Yeah. He went on to totally, completely bomb second grade. Um... I think he stayed sick the whole freaking time, the whole year, and... Um, what if he was really sick? Well, it said that he had the measles and sore throats and swollen glands. So, I mean, I don't know how you can fake the measles. Now, the sore throats you can probably at least fake, but I don't know how he could really fake the measles. But did the school get told that? Or well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it could be a case of, like, Oh, right. she's not, he's not really crippled. Get up out of the wheelchair. Right. Kill the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it never really says. It just says um, in everything that I read and heard that he uh, he just stayed sick that year. And, and that's when he started, though, complaining about the headaches. He, he complained of, of migraine headaches so bad that he lost sight at, at times his entire life. Right. As a young prepubescent boy growing up, he they you know they move a couple more times and he starts stealing girls' underwear off of clotheslines and, and and see I mean look as creepy as that is I still feel like that's still almost normal behavior. I mean it really is. That's what I'm saying. Inquisitive or you whatever. See, he wanted to see them and he wanted to touch them and he knew he couldn't do it at home. 
I mean, I'm not saying stealing is okay. I'm saying right, that right. I don't feel like that that even... Well, if he had a different way to obtain them, it. I'm sure he would yeah. not. So he, um, all throughout his childhood, he and Larry are, I believe, probably the why can't you be, you know, compared, like, why can't you be like your brother Larry kind of thing. And he even at some points took the fall for Larry and, yeah, and, with the naked girl pictures that right. Larry drew. Larry, Larry became, you know, as he was like three or four years older than, than Jerry. That's the Jerry-Larry thing's coming. Was their dad's name Harry? I mean, really? I think it was. <laughs> so, uh... They, Hold on, uh, you keep talking. I'm going to check into that. So, um, he he's not mentioned a whole lot during any of it. No, he's actually not. I and believe I he act- worked two, two or three jobs at points, so he wasn't around a lot. But I would like to probably know... also, I mean... Let's face it, if you, being a single, I mean, being raised by a single mom, I know that it's not a problem, but when that mother hates you, it's a problem. It would become a problem. I mean, I might not that my mom hated my mom loved me. I mean, you know, whatever. no, but his mother, but did. yes, right. So it became well, then a problem. Well, I can for attest him. to being with a single mother who hates you, and I know it's a problem. Right. Though I didn't grow up to steal underwear. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> my tidy whities are safe. So. So he starts going through puberty, and uh, his overbearing mother, who who quite possibly could be a a template for the mother from the wall, shames him about anything having to do with sex. And of course, like you said, you can't have the snicker. Yeah. So not only is she shaming him, but he starts having like all kinds of fantasies, dark fantasies and shit. And he's like, you know, I could totally capture a girl and force her to do shit. And so he realizes he likes it. Um, at this point, I don't even know, you know, he's not talking to anybody about it. So I guess nobody would realize it. So who's he got to talk to? And, and they move again, yet again. So that can't be good for him. He's probably not making any connections with anybody like friends, you know, Right, right. Which I think is important at that age. Maybe not to have, like, best friends, but, you know, people you could go to school and at least be, like, feel comfortable with there. If you're not feeling comfortable anywhere at all, you know, he probably didn't ever fit in anywhere. So, yeah, they moved to Corvallis, Oregon, uh, which I believe is just outside of Salem, right? I am not, not the geography. Not sure. And uh, he's uh, studying... He, he becomes really in, in, intensely in, enthralled with electronics and just... Uh, he does excel with that, though. Right, but not much else. And he does continue his, his habit of stealing women's shoes and, and undergarments off of clotheslines, I guess, in the Can you even imagine if here. he had li- like lived now? Because like, oh, undergarments right. back then were... Like, well, you can like order Japanese undergarments online, I believe. But I mean, I'm sure. just saying, right. though, you if know, he like, was like know, digging undergarments back then, now they're all like hardly there. But right. back then they were like, that's the bullet Granny bra. panties and Yeah, that bullet was the bullet bra. Um, right. So he's stealing the, the clothesline underwear and using them as a tossing agent, I guess we could call it. As long as you don't bring salad into it, I <laughs> and, and but then pretty soon uh, that doesn't do it for him anymore. So he decides he's going to get his neighbor. See, I want to know how close of a neighbor she was. I'm just curious because that would have to be awkward. But anyway, he um, gets his neighbor to come over 
and he's like, hold on, hold on a second, you know. And, and then he, he tells her, she's one of the ones who's, whose undergarments have gone missing. And he says, I uh, think I can help you get them returned. And brings her to his house. If I was her, I... And he steps out of the room. room. Yeah. I know he leaves the room, and he makes That's... up some reason why to leave the room. And, and then, then all of a sudden, bam! bam. <laughs> yeah, so the masked man comes in, and... uh is like take off your clothes. clothes. Yeah, so <clears throat> he takes pictures of her, and, and then, I'm totally not Jerry. Right? Yeah, literally. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, what is it? What does the Wizard of Oz say? Pay no attention to the man behind. The, right. So like he, the mask man leaves, and then after Jerry, forcing her to, to take, take her clothes off and, and take pictures, pictures. Yeah, he takes several pictures, and then Jerry comes back and he's like, "Oh my God, what happened? I was locked in the barn. This masked guy." Locked me in the barn. It's almost like the whole, like, hold on, Commissioner. Yeah. I'll get Batman for you. Okay, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> he walks out of the room. I mean, Batman goes in. Bruce passed me in the hall and told me to come in here. Right. So he comes in and says, oh, he locked me in the barn. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, and she's like, fuck this. And she leaves. Yeah, but she does not tell the police. Yeah, I guess she's probably embarrassed. I mean, I would be. To be well, I mean, dumb. if she, re- I was about to say, if she really bought the whole, I know your shit's missing, I can help you get it back, and no, it wasn't me that did it, like, and you fell for that, like, yeah. So he, he gets away with that, and it, it almost fuels him to try more and more things. Well, I mean, wouldn't it fuel, I mean, it would fuel anybody. I, I mean, I guess, you know, it's one of those, I got away with that. take a mile. Yeah, I did it, I got away with it, and... And so, let's try this. Let's see how much farther I can go. So, the next year, 1956, he lures a girl into his car and drove her to a deserted farmhouse, I guess. I'm not, That's I'm the way it was, it was a little off of the road, I would think. But it also said in both things that I read that the, the people uh, were driving by. Right, so, that, I don't that's know what how... I was saying. So you would think it would be a little off the road, and he attacks this girl. He drives her to the deserted farmhouse yeah. and attacks her. But while he's doing this, a couple drives by, and I guess they see his car, maybe, and and get out and go, "What's going on there?" We right. know that's old John's barn. He does, right. you know, he died two years ago. Well, I mean, think about where we live. If people I mean, drive by right. and they see stuff going on, you know, right. they know who. I'm using air quotes currently. People know who's supposed to be in whose yard and why that vehicle is there. And Right. So they're so, like, what's going on? He's like, someone attacked her and I was saving her. her. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so it says they went and called the police. And I honestly am so technology sport at this point. It took me a second to realize, what do you mean you went and called the police? Because right. I'm like, why didn't you just pull out your phone? But this is like 1956, and they probably had to, like, go to the police. I mean... So they go to Jerry, and they 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 question him, and eventually he confesses, but they find all kinds of things in his house. Uh, undergarments that, you know, just like, like, I guess his stash, and photos, and... and and photography equipment, you know, cameras, and... I thought they found... I don't know. And on the photos, they find pictures of the neighbor girl. Yeah. So they go to her, and they ask her, and she finally tells them, yeah, this is what happened. And 
So, they commit him to the state mental institution. So I'm wondering, I mean, now we have laws against having pictures of air quote children. And I'm not saying she wasn't a children. She but was I'm an saying, a FIBA file. Right. But I'm saying, like, were there laws back then against? No. So no. that he couldn't, they couldn't have charged him with that. It's what I'm asking, Right. There I was no child pornography laws in the 50s. I mean, really. Well, no, I mean, I'm just asking, because, I mean, I know he got charged with assault and battery for the girl in the uh, that he barn. drove to the car, yeah. the farmhouse. But um, I just didn't know what he could have been charged with for her. So he was diagnosed initially with an adjustment reaction of adolescence with sexual deviation, deviation and fetishism, which so could have covered pretty anything. much a horny little boy, yeah, who who liked weird things that aren't normal. Right, air quotes normal, and out of missionary. I mean, this is the fifties. Pretty much anything outside of. Man, woman, man on top, woman on bottom, missionary position is a sexual too. deviation. I mean, there right. were probably laws. Right. I figure. There's still laws here, aren't there? So he was he was there at the hospital, but was allowed to attend high school outside the hospital. Like, we know you're a sexual deviant. And we know that you're telling your psychiatrist that you want to imprison girls for sex in sex holes in the ground yeah but go to school here we're gonna let you out during the day we want you to go to school and come back and come back we trust you jerry he does that and he graduates in like the lower like third of his class or something but i mean he's also going home to the state mental institution every night okay so can you imagine that because in one of the documentaries i watched it said that it was the actual one that one flew over a cuckoo's nest was based on. Right. It was, yeah. So it was like shit town, crazy town. Like, so can you imagine going to school and then going back and maybe trying to do homework or have a normal, well, I'm going to say normal life, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to study when you got somebody over in the corner screaming? He did graduate high school while in the state mental institution and started um, some advanced technical college classes at, at Oregon State University and uh, a local vocational technical school in Salem. Um, he just didn't, he didn't really care much for schooling and eventually just said, screw it, I'm going to the Army. I mean, because see, I mean, you go into the Army and they're going to train you for, I mean, and he does go on to do um, electronics in the Army, does he not? Right. Yeah, so I mean, so screw school. But, but then you have school right. in the army. I'm so confused. Like, right, but it was it was electronic school, so it was it was something interesting to him. I'm guessing. But he was in the technical vocational school for Bochek is what we so, called it in high school. Right. So he's in the army, and he surprised doesn't make it very far because of his sexual deviant thinking in 19 you know, late 50s. Yeah. Well, he told the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist that he was having a dream about a Korean girl who seduced him. Well, this is the height of the Korean War. I, well. So he he was obviously saying, I don't think I can make it out there. The Korean women are going to seduce me. So he gets the whatever yeah, the okay, I wasn't thinking about whatever I was, the crazy discharge is. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it is. I mean, because of his air ex- quote bizarre <laughs> obsessions. My, my ex husband has a crazy discharge, as you call it. <laughs> literally, is I mean, it says it. With homicidal tendencies. So he gets he gets out of the army, uh, 4F or whatever they call it, I guess, and uh, moves back home. Well, not really back home. He moves back to the shed behind the, behind the home. 
Can uh, you even imagine? And he's there, you know, 21 year old, living in his parents' garage. <laughs> and his obsessions are obviously still going on. One night he follows a girl uh, from a store, follows her home, and uh, strangles her until she's unconscious, like slaps her in a sleeper hold and steals her shoes. You know about them sleeper holds. Yeah. So he, he took the shoes home and probably used them again as a tossing agent. I just, I mean... And slept with them. But see, I'm wondering... Okay, so this goes back to my whole Edmund Kemper argument. He was pretty much forced to go back and live with his mother. Like, is that what pushed him? Okay, so it's around... He's around 21 in 1960, and he finally gets his FCC license and gets a job at a radio station... And so, while he's there, he meets his... Not as a DJ. Yes. I can't see him, like, being the big bopper or whatever. No. Um, So, while he's there, he actually meets his future wife, who some people have referred to as Darcy, and some people have referred to as... Was it Ralphine? Ralphine. Um, I'm going to go with, if my fucking name was Ralphine, I would go by Darcy, too. Um, I'm, I'm confused. I'm really not sure... Like I said, but everywhere else, even in the court, um, they call her Darcy. So, I'm going to call her Darcy, because Ralphine is she just She was not... five years younger than him. He was uh, 22 at the time, and she was She's 17. 17. Uh, Darcy's parents were like, nah, nah, man. Well, I mean, I can imagine I would be that same way as well. You were that way, same way. Sure. So, um, and of course, because we're going back to the snicker bar thing, you know, they're like, no, Darcy. And she's like, yes, mom. Yes, dad. And within a few months, they get married. And a few months later, their daughter Megan is born. Um, and, and from here until about, this is like 1962, they just move up and down the coast. Oh, like father, like son. Right. I mean, that's what he was used to. And it might've made him feel better to not stick in one space, you know, I mean, who knows. Um, but they, he gets, you know, different jobs and he's always in electronics in some shape, form or fashion. And he finally chills in Portland and gets a job as an actual electrician. And in 1967, his wife Darcy gets pregnant again. And we were talking about this. This is 1967. So I didn't even know that this was a thing back then, but he got sad saddened he got rejected he told she told him you can't be in the birthing room which i I really thought this was a time of like dad sat out in the lobby smoking cigarettes i mean this might have been on the cusp of it though because by then you had hippies and free love and fucking home births and shit i don't know maybe you didn't have home births but like i mean if he wanted to be in there though but see this is also still in the point in time where wives went to bed with their makeup on and got up after the husband went to sleep and fucking took their makeup off and then, you know, so they didn't ever see him. So she didn't want him to see that. So whatever had been keeping the monster at bay, I guess, for the past few years here, what, four or five years, yeah. with, I guess, Darcy, just unleashed. She she told him you can't be in the birthing room and he went back to the shoes and drawers. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, he he followed a woman home one night and watched her go into her house, waited for her to fall asleep, and broke in to steal her shoes. But she woke up. Right. So, I mean, I think this is the first actual rape where he, I mean, he might have tried to do it in the uh, barn and obviously he got busted, but there was nobody to to save this person and, and he, he rapes her and steals her shoes. Choked her until she went yeah. limp. Yeah. So, they can't be fighting. Like, he doesn't want a fighty rape. He doesn't want, like, a lively rape, so to speak. He wants, Which a lot of rapists do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't, like, that's what right. a lot of them like. He wants them... Well, I mean, so he he slapped yeah. a sleeper hold on her, raped her, stole <laughs> her shoes, shoes, and was like deuces, yo. And I, he, of course, obviously didn't get caught again. I mean, this is just killing me. That well, I mean, I guess if you're asleep and you woke up to somebody stealing your shit and then they choked you out, you might not really remember them. Right. But so, that really weird guy, you know. I don't know that this really took a, a bearing in the story, but supposedly while he was working as an electrician, he took a, a fairly large shock. <laughs> it was like... Uh, 480 volts. Yeah, that's about four times what you have in your house. Uh, twice what you put on a washer or, what is it, a dryer? A dryer? Yeah, dryer, dryer uses two, 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 210. Yeah. No, that's just two, two one, one tens mm. joined. Yeah. Yeah. So... That, Think of two dryer plugs joined together, and so Ow. he took a yeah he took a fairly uh, fairly fairly da- damaging shock I would think. Please don't make me laugh. <laughs> but it was shocking. I knew you were gonna say. And uh, he didn't he didn't go to the hospital or anything, but he. I How mean, the fuck do you not get shit? The fuck, dude. If, I mean, if I, <laughs> if I touch the dryer and it's not grounded, I'm not. I mean, yeah. this is like Jason yeah. Voorhees shit. Like, you right. get electrocuted and just keep going. Right. I mean. So, I, January of the next year, 1968, near the end of January. On Nikki T's birthday. Not in 1968, but she was born on January 26th. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, Nikki T's not that old, is she? N- no, I, I think I'm think older so. than her. Okay. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure. Hey, Nikki. We owed. Hey, Nikki T. So... A girl comes door to door selling encyclopedias. That used to be a thing, people. Did you carry all of the fucking encyclopedias? No, usually I'm almost positive they they carried like the first volume or something, and you I got mean, that. Because for some reason, I mean, I vaguely or, or remember people coming. Encyclopedias maybe, also had these things called yearbooks maybe. that would come out every year. Yes. And so yeah, you remember- smarted your mouth off, and you had to fucking copy that shit down. Right, go copy page one thirty five to one thirty nine of nineteen seventy two yearbook. And that smell right. of the book. Anyway, so, so a girl comes door to door selling encyclopedias, which just think of it as like a hard copy of the internet. A very heavy, right? Multiple volumes. Copy. Yeah, and she's selling encyclopedias. And he convinces her to <laughs> I'm go sorry. to the garage. Well, he tells her to go to the garage. And I kind of have a theory on that. So he's got the two kids in the background. Or I said the background, but you know, like in the house. And he was probably like, I'm never going to be able to hear you tell me about this. So like, you know. See, I was thinking something along the lines of like, how many volumes is it? Do you think it would fit on a shelf? Well, let me just show you the shelf. Come in here. Maybe, maybe it was kind of a mix of both, you know, because right. like if. 
I mean, let's be real. We've had kids, so we know that, you know, they can get, as soon as you start doing something else, they want to get in the middle of it. So he gets her to his workshop, which I believe is actually under the garage. I, there's, you know what, some people, and, Okay, you know, he hits her in the back of the head with a piece of wood. A two by four. Yeah. Bam! Knocks her out. I guess maybe he's wasn't feeling the sleeper hold that day. Ooh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And then he, but then he strangled her to death. I guess he throttled her, probably. Probably, yeah. 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 So he, uh, before he gets rid of her body, he, of course, strips her and, um, you know, puts the undergarments in with his collection of all the other undergarments. But I'm sure these were special because these actually came off of the dead person instead of off of a clothesline. So these probably. But he also tried on some of his uh, undergarments he already had. Yeah. 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 He puts them on. Quite a collection. Yeah. He tries them on her dead body. And I believe one of the things says he sends the family out for fast food at this point. Yeah, I think so. So he sends them out for fast food, and while they're gone, he cuts off her left foot. Right. Right. Post-mortem, I'm I'm guessing. But, yeah. It's like, okay, so I just killed this girl. And what? He goes inside, and he's like, Darcy, Ralphine, take the kids for... Whatever the right. fuck is back there. And then then. he's like, so they don't hear the saw or whatever. And then he cuts off her foot. I want to know what he cut it off with. I want to know if it... No, it was a hacksaw. And, and we I'm do sure. know it was a hacksaw. And puts it in a high heel shoe and puts it in the freezer. Well, you know you have to put it in there while it's still fresh. Right. Because once rigor sets in, you're not getting it in that shoe. Right. But then you can... After it's rigor setting, you can get it out of the shoe and get it in another shoe. shoe. So he tried it on a bunch of different shoes, I'm sure. And... He. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have a mental picture. I, I'm sure there was some tossing agent usage going on there. Bless this poor man's heart. And he puts the like he keeps the body for a little bit, and then yeah. puts it in the trunk of his car. And drives. Fakes a, yeah, he goes to the bridge and he fakes a flat tire. To, like, uh, have to, I, a reason. Well, I mean, yeah. But how do you fake a flat tire? What, what do you do? You, well, let it, if let somebody it. shows up, you just finished. Oh, yeah. Okay. If someone doesn't show up, then you keep dumping the body, the body that was in the trunk. Wow. So he dumps her into, uh, I'm not sure the name of the river. Whatever. I think it was, like, the Lake Tom. No, no. Yeah. It was started with a W. Okay, so we're he, old people. Yeah, he dumps her into over the bridge. Doesn't matter. It's not really that important. He dumps, he fakes flat tire, dumps her over the bridge, and, um. Goes home. Goes home. Yeah, uh, I guess waits for his wife and kids to come back with his fries. Fucking weirdo. So, like, a couple months, well, six months later, and he's never actually, I don't think they ever find this girl, and I don't think he's actually for sure linked to her, but a girl named Stephanie Vico goes missing. About a dozen girls yeah. go missing during yeah. the time and of And they his... suspect that it's him. Right. He only, I believe... He only confessed to four, and they right. only found three. And they only so, found evidence on three of the four that he confessed to. So, that's July of 68. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Vico, Vico uh, goes missing in Portland. Right. And then... Another disappearance in November of that year, and he loves November. So yeah, and he loves well, he loves the twenty sixth apparently. Right. And uh, uh, yeah, November twenty sixth of sixty eight, uh, a twenty three year old college student goes missing from the University of Oregon, uh, Jan Susan Whitney. Yes. And things are 
pretty quiet there, I guess. Till yeah, it doesn't, and you know, I know that he. It looks almost like he has like, where he's good for like three or four months, yeah, four or like five. He just can't deal with somewhere it. between four and six months. He's good. Yeah. After he makes a kill. So that would be the textbook definition of, I mean, his cooling off period because he seems to go a few months at a time. So in March of '69, 19 year old Karen Sprinkler goes missing, and. I guess eyewitnesses are like, dude, it was a really large guy in drag um, that was in the parking garage. Right. So, and, and it says she went, she disappeared on like the 20, she was disappeared sometime between the 27th and the, the 28th. 20th. I'm wondering if maybe she disappeared late the 26th. I'm just, uh, you know. I'm wondering too, because they were all on the, I mean, most of them were on the 20th. Like that's when she was reported and no one saw her on the 27th. Right. Yeah. Um, but so, so her car was found abandoned. And uh, on the same day, or on the day that she went missing. So, you know, we we can only assume back then. I mean, we all got to remember that back then it was not like now where you can be like, oh, so-and-so's missing, ping your phone, or do find my location. You know, there right. was none of that when somebody went missing back then. You had to hope that maybe they went to somebody's house and they might get in touch with you, you know, later. So... His wife, you know, being five years younger than him, had until the birth of the, the at least the birth of the second child, yeah, had been instructed by Jerry to only wear high heels, nothing else, yeah, around the house, cook, clean, and cook it just period, yeah, and she could only come into certain areas of the house after she got permission from him. Yeah, she had, had a buzz. Right, he had an intercom system like in his in his workshop or whatever, which you, I mean, that's not out of the way for, for the time period, being he was an electronics person. Mm-hmm. It's a push-button speaker system. Well, not microphone. only that, and I could actually see him getting away with this part of it, too, because I could hear him saying, Darcy Ralphine, don't let those kids in there. I've got my electronics stuff out there. And right. that being his excuse to not let anybody out there. So she, when when the second child was born, she decided to... She didn't want them to see mommy only wearing high heels. I mean, heels, high heels. My brother used to call them hill highs. Hill highs, yes. And um, tells him no more. And that may have been what prompted the whole. You know. I mean, I can see that if 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 that's what was stopping him from doing it, actually seeing her dress, you know, and he would take pictures of her while she went about her day or whatever. But okay, so that happened in March 27th when when Karen Sprinkler went went missing. Right, middle of March, end of March. It's almost like it's taking less. His cooling off period is getting to be less because in about a month later, in April, he at Portland State University. He likes some parking garages. He does like a in a parking garage. I guess corners a woman and, and and attacks her. Yeah, she bit she bit his finger until it bled. And she bit him to get away. And uh, but he beat her unconscious. He, I mean, he he beat her up. Pretty I guess good. she locked onto him like a pit bull until <laughs> she's like knocked out, still locked on his thumb. And but someone drives into the parking garage and, and he runs off. Right. Um, well, I mean, you know, and it, and it goes on to say that the police didn't connect it, but why would they connect it? Because other people didn't survive. There was nobody to be like, this is what happened to me. Right. So, I mean, you know, they made a big deal about the police connecting, uh, police failing to connect it, but, I mean, I, I don't see how they could have, really. 
So he he didn't get the girl in the parking garage. So the next day, April 22nd, he um, goes after a, a younger girl. I guess he thought maybe maybe this one won't fight as much. And um, he goes after a 14-year-old Leanne Brumley. Right. And she escapes. She escapes. She, I believe, he was leading her to his car. Yeah. And she calls out to, to neighbor. a neighbor and screams. Yeah. And runs to them. And, I mean, what are you to do? You can't chase them down and kill them right there on, you know, Elm Street. Well, I guess you can if you're Freddie. I was about to say, I mean, the lady that was in the yard probably, I mean, doesn't... She probably obviously later realized what she escaped, but, I mean, he could have. So, still, no satisfaction. So, on the next day after that, um, Linda Dawn Saley, and it's been said, like, 80 million different ways, so if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. Sally. So, yeah, it was said, like, everybody said it different. Sally. Yeah. There was Salie, Sally, Salie, and I, there was still another one. Anyways. Disappeared. So she, yeah, she goes missing, and her car is found in, bum, 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 a parking, parking garage. garage. Um, and that's when they realize. Now. Hey, hold on a minute. This shit keeps happening in parking garages. Right. The parking um, gar- garage bandito. Yeah. He apparently posed as a police officer or a security guard. Um, to get her. I and believe that in one of the, the docudramas or whatever, yeah. it, it said that he caught her buying. Um, well, she had bought her boyfriend some presents. And, and he caught her outside the mall yeah, and, and was said, like, hey. Yeah. He was like, well, we've had a lot of shoplifting recently. Let me check your receipt. You're going to need to come down and show your receipt. And he puts her in the back of his car and drives her. Straight to his house. Straight to his house. Into the garage. Yeah. So, a few weeks later. And, and chokes her out. Right. And kills her. Yeah. Um, we, of course, at this point in, in any of it, don't know all the grisly details. Um, you know, no, it, it's a hot mess. But a few weeks later, um, in May, May 10th, actually, um, Linda's body is found in the Longtime River. And her body is weighed down by a transmission, a car transmission. And so they're, they're searching the area. They, they, at this point, believe they do have a serial killer. Yeah. So they're searching the area, and they find Karen Sprinkler's body. 50 feet away. 50 feet away. And she was tied so, to an engine. So I guess an engine block, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, it just says an old engine. But um, all all of them were tied with what they called a special knot. Or a, not, not special. It was a knot used to pull electrical wire, wire through the wall. But at the time, they right. didn't realize it. Um, but they, they kept saying that it was a special knot. Or, or right. When they find Linda Salee, he has cut her breasts off and and placed a bra, a figure probably, yeah. something big. Uh, you know, it's the late 60s at this point, but those new bras don't do it for him, I'm sure. Right. So he, he and fills out the bra with brown paper towels because there's no breasts there because yeah, he kept he them Yeah, he shoved it in the hole. Well, and he also shoved it in the hole, too, to like... I think he did it to also stop some of the bleeding. So, at this point, um, Jerry decides to start calling dorm rooms in in order to try to get blind dates. So, I'm really... But he actually does get blind dates. So, I guess it's a numbers game. I mean, you know... I mean... Pick up lines work 1% of the time. I guess. But that one time. So what is it like? Oh, can I speak to Cheryl? Oh, there's no Cheryl here. Oh, well, you're there. I mean, is that like that? I, I guess. Hey, what you doing, baby? 
Remember the breather on Elvira? That's what yeah, I'm and I'm I, I, my y'all can't see my facial expression right now, but I'm I'm fucked up over here because I just can't picture back then. Hensley unless... gets a couple of dates though. Yeah, but nothing happens. They only know about it because later on, some some women recognize the description that the police right. give and go, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah, uh, I just what? So he 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 calls one of these girls back again for another date. Right. And, um... It, I really can't... I can't see the correlation right. on how this jumped... I mean, in anything I read, in anything that we, we saw, I don't see the correlation. It says that they checked his record, but he didn't have anything on his record, right. so it says... Other than the girl taking the pictures, I'm sure that... Oh, fuck. Yeah, being... never mind. But that was so long ago, though. Right. Like, so you've been a model fucking citizen since then, and now all of... I mean, maybe, though. Maybe they were like... So they decide to go and do some follow-up questioning at yeah. his home, and, uh... Yeah. Like, so you were remember fucking the, crazy Remember the special knot? Well, it was tied in a rope that's just like one of the ones hanging in Jerry's workshop. Right. He, he almost thinks he's so smart that he's like putting it out there so they'll see it. And then he notices one of the cops looking at the rope and he's like, you want some of this rope? So the cop takes the rope and they make a comparison match, match and that they help build, that helps build their case. So. I mean, I'm just wondering like why he thought that was a good fucking idea. I mean, did he not realize, I mean, maybe not because back then I guess it wasn't talked about like it is now, like what we're doing. But I mean, so yeah, at the end of May, they, uh, Serve him a warrant uh, for the abduction of the the little girl. Yeah, she's like she points him she, out. She, she identified him, him. Yeah, and uh, they take him in for the interrogation, and right. he calls his he wife. He tries to well before before that. He act, they actually try to kind of run. They right. don't get very far, but they try to run. <clears throat> he calls and tries to to get his wife to to destroy evidence, pretty much. To Darcy Ralphine. Get rid of them pots of panties in the garage. I need you to go out there and get rid of the feet in the freezer. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so I'd they, be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I so mean, he, I've seen he, how they think these phone calls are going to go. He hangs on for, for a day and confesses. Uh, they, they, and they didn't even know about Linda Slauson at all. So he confesses to uh, the two bodies they found. Um, Jan Whitney. No, Linda Sully. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he confesses and to Lindy, Linda Sully and Karen Sprinkler, but then goes on to say... I also killed Linda Slauson and Jan Whitney. Whitney, yeah. Yeah. They never find the body of Linda Slauson. Yeah, and I and I don't know that it ever mentioned them finding Whitney, but I guess they had to have. So he's... Uh, he pleads not guilty because he's reason of insanity. He's... Says I'm crazy. I mean, he got what he got one time. He got told he was crazy, and look what all that right, happened. Right, right. So I would try that too. So they test him, and he shows he has, uh, you know, fair, fair, a high average to to above average Until IQ. It, yeah, and uh, he's deemed not criminally insane. They 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 diagnose him as having antisocial personality, manifested by these were all in 1969 mental conditions manifested by fetishism transvesticism exhibitionism voyeurism and especially sadism 
those are categories on all uh, like uh, plenty of fish now or something, aren't they? Probably. I mean, uh, I feel like they are. So, yeah. So he's diagnosed as, as I having snagged all you of, before plenty of fish, so I can't tell you. Right. So he's eventually charged with with the three counts because they they do have bodies on on the the Jan Whitney, Linda Silly, and Karen Sprinkler, or I believe they have a, a pictures of that might have been it. Maybe they didn't find. I think they, they have pictures of Jan Whitney. Yeah, when they go back, that she's also dead. Yeah, when they go back and actually get the search warrant and actually fully search the house, they find the pictures of the girls in various stages of alive and dress, dead after way after dead. But it's all in his craftsman tool chest. Like, he was proud of them. They were they were taped in there, the, the one officer said, or the detective said. But he was not charged with the murder of Linda Slauson because right. her body wasn't recovered. And there were recovered. no pictures. And there were no, no pictures of her amongst the, the, the belongings. Right. Um, also, um, the, in some of the pictures was the picture he, that he put under the one girl and caught his own dumbass right. face. He put a, a mirror so he could photograph her under carriage and was looking down into the mirror and snapped a picture of himself in the edge of the mirror. That was uh, under sprinkler. Right. Uh, as we said, 12 women went missing in, in his area during the time that he was free. Uh, they never found many of the, well, any of the bodies that, that they were able to connect right. to him. Uh, one neighbor who, it sounds really fishy, Said that that Ralphine that Darcy Darcy Ralphine that Darcy was uh, was helping him get rid of a body from the garage, and they they arraign her and charge her with aiding and abetting first degree murder of Karen Sprinkler. But how did they know it was her? I mean, like, did they have Karen Sprinkler written on the fucking body bag they were carrying? Well, I I'm guess the, the time frame. Maybe. Oh, okay, maybe that's okay. all I'm you're guessing. You're right. You're right. And um, she, of course, pleads not guilty. It says something what the hell you're talking about, and they find her not guilty. Uh, takes about a week. They that's crazy. Uh, the whole entire and her he arraignment. Never, and he ne- since he spilled his guts, I feel like if she helped, he would have been like, "So Dorothy Ralphine helped." I mean, he he didn't hide anything. I mean, once he got to talking, so um, Jerry was sentenced to three life terms. Three life sentences because yeah. there's of no course, death they didn't penalty. Have, they didn't have yeah. the fourth body that he confessed right, to. Right, right. So they were just like, we got you on three. And You're not going the, anywhere. And they don't have the death penalty in Oregon, so they gave him three life life sentences. I would assume, obviously, that was without parole, but nothing ever said that. So, so soon after uh, he goes to prison, I think it, I may, it may last a year, uh, Darcy divorces him. and I don't even think and, it was a year, but... And changes her name and... and and gets a court order forbidding the children from seeing or contacting or calling or writing their father. Uh, <laughs> he spends a pretty good rough time in prison. Uh, I think he, he probably gets uh, used as a tossing agent. <laughs> and um, he got he, beat up. He, he got beat up and, and hurt. Badly. With other, it was listed as other. Yeah. So he appealed and and lost, and uh, I think his last appeal was in in seventy seven. He'd been in jail at that point for for eight years. Oh, okay. So he actually did get. Um, he went up for parole, parole 
But so that would have been not without parole. Then. In, in 1999, after being in prison for 30 years, and they said, you're not getting paroled, and pretty much you're never getting paroled. You do realize if he'd have been in Texas around this time, well... Yeah, around this time was when Texas just started letting people out. It didn't matter what the fuck they did. They had that whole, like, letting people out. They had right. the overcrowding thing. But he was in Oregon. So no, I know. I'm he just sat saying, there like, until he died. Yes. Uh, he sat there for 37 years. He was he, the longest. He was the longest. Serving um, prisoner serving, in Oregon. Um, uh, he was in prison for longer than he was out of prison, total. Uh, That's kind of sad. Yeah. And he I mean, died. I he know, deserved it, right, but I but mean, it's. He died in 2006 uh, of natural causes. I believe he died of cancer. I, I want to say. I'm almost positive it was cancer, but let's not quote that. Right. So he, he died of natural causes. I mean, he was 67 years old. It's about time to, to go. <laughs> I'll be going now. Let's just hang this up. I'm done. I just. I'm. I, I, the whole cutting off people's feet and keeping them is just really weird. But that is why he was known as the shoe fetish slayer. He was known as the lust killer because of his, I guess, the lustfulness of his acts. But but he wasn't lusting after the human. He was lusting after the shoes. Right. I think. I guess. I... It was never really clear what he wanted more, to rape the human. But they had to be but unconscious. I, I think it was the feet because even now in prison he's, well... Even then, when right. he was alive, he formed a library in his cell, a prison library. Right. And he had shoe catalogs and, yeah. So. All right, guys, that's, uh, that's the story of Jerry Brudos, uh, the shoe fetish slayer, the ephibophile, uh, redifist. And no, that does not mean dead feet. Um. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching That Dead Body Show. See us on Twitter with the handle at TDBS Podcast. And I've been uh, having some of the shows posted over on YouTube. You can check us out over there and subscribe. Click the bell. Like, please. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I would do want to say thank you for the people who have left us reviews. Um We'll be getting a few of them together to read um, for maybe next show or show after. But I do want to say thank you. It means a lot to us to know. Maybe we'll read them at the end of the show in place of the promo next week. Yeah, maybe we will. Yeah, that's a good idea. But it does it does make our day when we get reviews. Um, as even, long as they're honest. Well, I, mean, I don't even, care if they're five star as long as they're honest. Yeah, they don't have to be five star. Especially even when they say that we talk over each other. Right. Uh Check out our Patreon. We do have some some tiers over there with some some perks for for guys and gals who subscribe. And, uh, one of which is being the t-shirts. Check out the t-shirts that Ashley better send us a picture of. Yes, please, Ashley, send us a picture. Uh, please stick around for a promo from uh, was it just the Tipsters? Yes, just the Tipsters, Melissa. <laughs> she is a literal riot, y'all. So until next week, bye guys. Bye guys, Hunter. Say bye guys. Bye, guys. Hello, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan. I'm the host of Just the Tipsters True Crime Podcast. 
because people are awful and they kill each other. Tipsters, this is Melissa Morgan, the host of Just the Tipsters, true crime podcast. Have you ever wanted to kill anyone? Hey, tipsters, my name is Melissa Morgan, and I'm the host of Just the Tipsters, true crime podcast, America's favorite true crime podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcast. I don't know where the, you can find us. How about that? Just can find us and listen, and we're, and you'll really like it. Is that okay? Just the Tipsters with Melissa Morgan is actually available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You'll be glad you did.